I want to start work on a new piece, a piece about rebirths, the inevitable pull that they exert and our efforts to escape them. We learn it now, but Susie, you will improvise freely at its heart. I'm interested in your instincts here. presentable though is this like the official family yeah. computer uh i guess i guess so but uh, i actually don't really use it I actually use it for some uh uh work that she does on the side uh reviewing some like charts and stuff but um i probably have used it uh, maybe once or twice so when i got on and i'm trying to um like set stuff up and <laughs> I can't get the mouse to work. And I've told you before, like, I never uh, owned, like, a Mac before. It just, it, I, I was always just a Windows guy when it came to, to uh, PCs um, or computer usage. And so I'm like, oh, the, the mouse doesn't work. I don't know how to get anything. All of a sudden, I was transported back to 1955, um, looking, although I'm on my iPad, looking up how to get your mouse to sync up with your iMac. <laughs> so then I get that going. And... I'm trying to actually go to the app store to find Skype uh, on the Mac. And I'm like, well, why is it coming up? I like your, I, I, I get this. They're there. They don't want you to use Skype. They want you to, you know, they want to tunnel you to, to FaceTime. <laughs> that completely makes sense. And my wife, who is absolutely not technologically savvy, she'd be the first to admit. She said, did you actually try just going to Safari? <laughs> and, going... <laughs> and I was like, what an incredible idea. I never thought about that before. I mean that works for you if you're using a Windows computer, but I don't know. You were, you were totally into the iOS platform, mm -hmm. iPhone, mm -hmm. iPad. Just go to the App Store because I actually did yeah. have that thought. Where I'm like, well, yeah, they have Skype, but I'm thinking, I'm like, I, I thought I was like, I wonder if it's in the App Store, which yeah. you would think they would also put it there I, as I well. Yeah, I, I I think my mindset was well, it's it's a third party app to them. This is it's beneath them to <laughs> include this. I don't blame them for it. That's why when I was texting, I was like, uh, it's probably not on here. He must be a FaceTime guy. <laughs> <laughs> I was just getting in from work, and I'm like, all right, if I watch, because I'd watched like when I texted you, I was watching some of it at work, and I watched some last <laughs> night, 
And right. I thought uh, that opening scene with uh, Chloe Grace Moretz, where she's in the office, I kind of let that pass because I'm like, is she talking gibberish? Like, because she's crazy right now, right? right and then right. I'm like, well, I don't know. This is going on for a bit, and the therapist isn't really reacting like she's speaking in tongues. So I'm like, I don't know. And I keep in mind, I had seen this before, and I still was like, uh, maybe. So I, I go more incredible <laughs> that you'd already went through. I, that's when I knew I said, Oh, he must've hated this film. If he's already seen it and just kind of went with it. Cause while I was watching it, it I know this is, it's going to sound ridiculous, but um, I was thinking about um, uh, X-Men first class. I think, uh, I think it is where they have that flashback scene with uh, Kevin Bacon and like a young Magneto and he's speaking in German and you don't understand. And I was like, yeah, yeah, totally. This makes sense. When people speak in German, you get it though. You he starts, saying. you know, doing shit. Yeah. He starts doing Magneto shit. <laughs> exactly. I kind of yeah. had a similar thing too, where I was like, oh, they're, they're yeah. being crazy, you know? But exactly. it took getting to a scene where it's just two people talking for a long time. I'm like, there's nothing visually happening. There's nothing keying me into what's. <laughs> and I'm like, yep. I'm pretty sure. But yeah, even when I went to download a subtitle track, I'm like, well, this will fix it. All it did mm -hmm. was the stuff I could already kind of understand anyway. I mean, there's some stuff that improved, but it didn't fix any of the scenes in German. Those were just yeah. completely blank. So I'm like, all right, fuck it. I don't know what to, it doesn't what matter. Do I was like, we're not, well, that, you know, <laughs> that's kind of what I thought I, I was thinking. If this was just a, just a straightforward review of the film, maybe that would be necessary. But for, I guess the purposes of the grand gestures discussion, we probably really don't no, even need. Dialogue. We're not, we're not going to get into the, the therapist, the, his story. None of that. We're just, yeah. uh, Tilda Swinton and Dakota Johnson. That's it. That's all we need. So, so that's why I went back. I'm like, surely to God, I'm like, please, I hope that ending sequence, they're actually speaking in English. And so that's why I was watching. I'm like, okay, they were. Although mm -hmm. I, I wonder how much you did you understand of the job of the Hut character? Because I had subtitles running, so I knew she's speaking English. But I'm like, this mm -hmm. wasn't on. I don't know if I would understand what the fuck she's saying. I, I didn't. Um, <laughs> it, it, this is one of those movies I, honest to God, had to... to unfortunately look up information as to what <laughs> was even going on for the majority of the plot. The Wikipedia entry is not bad. <laughs> exactly. I was, because my, my wife was, uh, was asking me, she was saying, so, so what's this film about? And I was like, Oh yeah, it's, it's Suspiria. You know, it's like, you know, which is coven, you know, girls dancing, you know, it's in Europe somewhere. I don't fucking know. And I'm watching this movie and I'm having to scroll through Wikipedia. Uh, <laughs> and I didn't care about having anything, uh, just kind of spoiled for me at this point. And I was like, Jesus, why are there so much on this, on the themes section of this? What? No, you don't need all of that. <laughs> that was, a. Uh... That was my thought because I've only seen the original once and I was like, that was mm -hmm. a lot of fun. And then yep. I went to see this one in theaters and I even told Dave uh, we were recording something else. I'm like, oh, man, I'm so pumped to go see Suspiria on the big screen. Right. And right. he's like, you're going to hate it. And I'm like, no, man. I was like, I'm like, I'm in the mood for this shit. And I, I mean, it, it didn't take long for I'm like, this is not like the original. Like, this is no. not, everything that I liked about the original. They just threw that aside. Like all yeah. the color palette, the fact that it, you could just be a living, like it could be my Apple TV screensaver that would like the original film. I could just have it on the background and be like, that looks like cool shit. This one, yeah. this one looks like mud. I'm like, it's so fucking dark. And I'm like, what, what am I watching? This is not pleasant at all. I think, you know, when looking at, at, uh, I'll put it like this. When you think about Suspiria, that's the number one thing that comes to your mind is the palette itself. I mean, we even over, you know, obviously over plot and uh, it's just visually a striking film. So when I saw the trailer, um, I was like, ah, I, I get it. I guess that they're wanting to take this different approach and carve out 
um, a, a new element to the story. However, that removes it completely <laughs> from being a superior film uh, in every way. Um, and I, I, we and we may get into the discussion about uh, just the erotic nature of the subject matter. Um, that's one thing I can definitely say, and it might sound ridiculous, but uh, when thinking about both of them, I think the first film gives me more of an erotic vibe, and it's par- partially in uh, due to the colors. Um, everything is just so bland and blah and cold <laughs> in this movie. That's the last thing that I think. You know, I don't think about sex when I watch this movie. <laughs> I think about blankets. <laughs> Which is a great introduction to the grand gesture. <laughs> we'll go with that. Yeah. Um, all right. So Derek Stewart, first time on the grand gesture. I'm trying to think what other podcasts I'm on. I know you've been on War Machine versus War Horse because I think you have my favorite moment on that show where we were talking about there's something about Mary and you, (laughs) I talked about how much I love the Matt Dillon character, Pat Healy. And you said that's because you are (laughs) Pat Healy. (laughs) Most people take great insult to that. And I was like, thank you. you. (laughs) I'm glad someone finally (laughs) recognized that. I was like, I know enough about your character or lack thereof um, to to kind of place that uh, that basic character structure on you. One thing you can't say about Pat Healy is that he's lazy. The man's a go getter. <laughs> he puts that's in the exact, work. That's the trait. That's the trait I was giving you. You're right. We'll frame it however we need you to get through. Uh, so I wanted you on this podcast because I know that you are like a horror movie guy, and in particular, a certain time period of horror movies. So yes. that I don't think we've ever discussed this period before, the original, but I just assumed, I could, and I could be totally wrong, but I assumed this, that one, at least that version, is up your alley as far as like when Derek's going to program like a double feature, something like Suspiria would be on there. Oh, absolutely. And and we have, I, I do think we've discussed my, I guess, um, uh, love of film in the 1970s in a, in a kind of an overarching general sense, that new Hollywood period um, in America. Uh, but I also have a great love of, of horror films from the 1970s outside of the United States as well. I haven't seen as many as, as some of the folks I've kind of talked to once I get, got on, uh, I guess, film twitter uh however you promptly left pretty much (laughs) i said i don't have time for this shit i have a life (laughs) love you dave Uh, (laughs) well at least i can tag him for this episode now there you go like he's missing I had to bring his presence into the room um but you're but you're absolutely right I, i i just found that some of the, the the basic elements that they strived for in films in the 70s in America, they really just don't care about uh, when you're talking about Italian horror films, where it's not uh, based in this this strong, tight, character-driven story. Um, they, they just really want things to pop on the screen, even if it doesn't make sense. And I think that um, I have a certain level of appreciation for it, that there's no need for that, but you can still walk away from a film like, the original Suspiria and have something that sticks with you. And normally if you have a film that doesn't have uh, the, the characters that you connect with the story that you can somehow find relatable, uh, that's a hard thing to do. But with, with some of the other elements that, that they're able to, or that they were able to include, um, you know, the fact that I watched Suspiria a decade or so ago, and I can still think about specific scenes in the movie, uh, that that really uh, kind of hit a nerve with me. I think that's 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 one of the most endearing things about it. I like that we're going to get all the positive stuff out 
now mm-hmm. talking about the original one before oh, yeah. we get before we get into the remake. And to be fair, I don't I don't think I could have the original on this specific movie podcast. And I probably wouldn't even talk about Suspiria on a normal movie podcast. I think the <laughs> the elements that I like about it are just this weird um I don't know. I should I guess I'll just call it grooming, which yeah. <laughs> like has all the connotations in this this film the the negative uh the more predatory nature of it because you are dealing with a coven of witches and right. i guess the old-fashioned positive side of it where it's like this generational thing of passing on power and knowledge uh, but mainly that's only with the tilda swinton dakota johnson uh relationship because i think everybody else is either totally victimized uh, and it's also just totally a predator where they don't really care that the youth is being sacrificed, like for the greater good. Right. It's kind of like, uh, in, in some way, in a much more stripped down way, when you look at like eighties horror, uh, where all the other characters outside of the, the, the main bad, the main serial killer and the final girl, uh, they're all expendable. They're all just there to, to, Shock and wow the audience. When you really look at this film, the only two characters that really matter um, are uh, Dakota Johnson's character and Tilda Swinton. Everyone else uh, is just, I don't, I mean, like the doctor, he's just there, really. Um, and, you know, depending on what version of the film you saw, you may not even know what he's saying <laughs> most of the time, <laughs> which is fine. <laughs> That's perfectly fine. Yeah, I would say uh, that was probably my biggest uh, criticism <laughs> of this version is having a um, Holocaust survival story uh, added into this coven of witches. And I, uh, it's a little, to me, it's a little tacky and trying yeah. to give a little more weight than what's necessary to something that was just going to be like a fun horror movie. Um, trying to class it up, maybe a little too much. I think so. And it's one of the traps that we see a lot of reimagining of films or remakes of films uh, kind of fall into is that they'll take the, the the original film and say, oh, this is a great basic plot. But let's flesh it out in a current context by, uh, you know, adding, like I said, adding weight to it. Um, and what ends up happening is you have all this this side backstory backdrops of, uh, you know, war and guilt and shame from war. Um, and it's like it's really unnecessary. It doesn't make me feel anymore um, outside of boredom. I, I, I do feel boredom. <laughs> um, but <laughs> so unless that's what they wanted to pull from me, they did a great job. Otherwise, it's it's I don't need that. Um, and sometimes a remake, while it doesn't have to be shot for shot. Um, it, sometimes you can just really keep the overall thematic elements and just run with that and you're fine. Um, but you're, you're putting your hand too far in the cookie jar. Uh, 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 when you kind of go in that direction. I was like, keep going. Let's, let's tag the show as explicit. Let's (laughs) (laughs) We're going all in. Uh, all right. So for the grand gesture, so we'll, there are three acts here. The, the meet cute, um, I guess is is just as dramatic as you would have um in like a, a like a global uh, world sweeping romance where we are introduced to Dakota Johnson who has always felt the desire the need the draw to be in Berlin and to leave you know her i mean the the way they sort of portray where she she comes from is like she comes from nowhere like she comes from a place that <laughs> might as well just die and everyone else should just die there as well that <laughs> they're useless but she has a greater purpose and she wants to come dance 
at this one place, this academy, and she wants to dance for the Tilda Swinton character. And in the, the very first meeting, she's auditioning for this these other women, and even the Swinton character is drawn. Like, she, like, hears or feels the presence of this great new dancer and then shows up in the room, and you have the, like, sort of the, the pan zoom up to Swinton's face. And then it, it cuts, which this this movie is kind of full of awkward cuts where I'm thinking like, oh, shit, we have built up to a moment. <laughs> I believe even in that one, it cuts to like some other dancer, like just doing their normal shit, yeah. like <laughs> you know, loosening up. And I'm like, wait, oh, I thought we were OK. I guess we're done with that now, but we'll, we'll come back to it. So uh, I think all, it was I don't know. Go ahead. Well, all that being said, there's a visual flair to building up these two characters meeting. But there's there's no exchange. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's there's very little payoff in the whole film, so <laughs> that makes sense. <laughs> so let's set the precedent now. Um, yeah. I I don't know if it, it. I get the sense that obviously that, that that's the whole point, right? We're building these two characters. They're giving her or they're giving Dakota Johnson's character a little bit of of backstory. Um, that she is she is someone who um, is very unassuming. And uh, very idealistic, I guess. Uh, she's the country bumpkin character, um, and uh, you know they're they're creating this dynamic between the two of them, where Tilda Swinton's character is this, uh, you know, she's she's experienced, thinks she's she's uh, she knows the world, she is uh, known throughout the world, right? Because I think Tilda Swinton even goes and sees her, hitchhikes to see her, like in the states. A couple points they talk about that. Yeah, yeah, like she. Uh... Like she, she came like like another yet another betrayal of her family in Ohio that right. she like snuck out to like see like a glimpse of this this woman and her and her work and I also want to just for any nerds out there like we we keep referencing the Tilda Swinton character I am aware that she plays multiple parts in this she does a Peter right. Sellers thing but the one we're talking <laughs> about is the one that looks like Tilda Swinton not her in the right. Job of the Hut suit or her as a man <laughs> which I don't know if you read this or heard this but she like had to, to go like method i guess as the man or at least in the press tour she said that she had them actually apply testicles to her that she could wear when she was just in cost like she's in you know pants sure. <laughs> and slacks I, she still wanted those testicles those big nuts hanging down as someone who who has them um <laughs> I don't really find much need for them at this point. I already have one child, so I. I mean, I don't know what. The, so you're saying removing the the practical element of them of procreation, you don't need them to feel more like a man just walking around. No, I could I could throw them away. Um, take them out. <laughs> I tell you that completely that, unnecessary. That might have been an improvement to the film if you want some more body horror to have that guy just like don't need these anymore. Just I actually would have preferred that if like during one of those ritual dances that um you know someone's ball sack or a series of ball sacks it just fell from the ceiling. Well, I, I was thinking just politely, you know, he he gets up from the little gymnasium seating and just excuses himself to the trash bin off to the side of the dance floor. Rips off these aren't necessary in this film. <laughs> Balls be gone. I think that was probably a lot of the really obnoxious marketing that they wanted this to. Uh, yeah, this is like supposedly a very feminist film. Although I would be hard pressed, like if I'm if I'm if I'm watching the A to B to C story unfold, 
Right. Other than the fact that it has a bunch of chicks in it, I I feel like that was that was them somewhat taking advantage uh, in the marketing because I I don't really think that idealistically this is like the this coven of witches is promoting like female power considering that <laughs> they want to rip out your insides and live inside your soul. <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly. It's um you know have. I listen, like kind of like what you're saying, I get it. Um, you know, with the marketing, even when I when I was reading about some of the, the basic themes um of the film and this the feminist perspective, and you know, far be it from me to, to be someone that, that's gonna sit here and say, Well, that that that's not a feminist film, uh, from my vantage point, ma'am. However Derek, sir, I, you're on a movie <laughs> podcast. Right. <laughs> it is supposed to be two dudes <laughs> just talking about shit that they like. <laughs> and and As we don't the, like yeah. it. Exactly. Well, we look at women as a, as a monolith, so they're all the same and they all think the same. And so um, I don't mean that. Uh, but, you know, it, I, when I mentioned it to, to, again, my wife and I said, of all films that I could have shown you, uh, this is one that I don't think that you one would have enjoyed, but two would have appreciated on any level. And uh, no offense to you, because I don't either. But, um, you know, she... I would, you know, in her, I think from her perspective, she would have enjoyed a film that, that I guess had some feminist slant to it, um, or approach it, or maybe removed basic patriarchal elements that we see in so many films. Um, but I don't know if that, at least again, from my, from where I'm sitting, if that's what your major takeaway is with this movie, uh, because you're, it kind of gets lost in the body horror and, um, just some of the other just extreme, uh, um, concepts of the film. I, I don't know if that's where I, I'm left with or where I'm left with that the film is, oh yeah, yeah, this is about female empowerment. Um, I don't know. It looks like it's more so about some female infighting, I guess, um, which sure that may be part of it, but um, I don't know. Something gets lost for me. For me, it, it reads more like it's distrust. Uh, it, it may be more ageist than anything. It's distrust that the newer yeah. generation will be able to continue the work of the previous one or that they'll have forgotten everything that they've, they built here. Um, there's certainly a lot of infighting even among the, I guess, the elders uh, with these these witches as far as who's going to lead them uh, going forward. Uh, there, are, there are definitely some political tie-ins as far as there, there, you know, there's uh, the the east and west Berlin, and there's right. reference to uh, an actual terrorist attack that happened. Um, it's all kind of fucking muddled though when you've got <laughs> the body horror of like, let's watch this chick through dance have her form be taken advantage of and let's just like fold her up like a pretzel exactly. that i don't know for, cause... Ten, for 10 minutes <laughs> do you know that's <laughs> what that is the scene that they showed to um the theater uh exhibitors like back in march as far as like boy do we have a horror movie that's going to set the world <laughs> afire and i was thinking like well okay yeah it's it's you definitely have the i guess the showiest moment of the film but um i don't i think that also probably led to the fact this did not get a nationwide release as well where people are like mm, no thanks i don't think uh bumfuck ohio is gonna be playing that <laughs> yeah it, it doesn't and listen you're you know i like you kind of led with uh, i'm someone that has a great appreciation for for horror probably more than most individuals uh but i would I, again i was kind of just sitting there feeling like okay this is a cool scene 
if you cut it in half or if you cut it down to three minutes or you don't basically replicate it um, towards the third act when they're having that, you know, their other their other dance um, with, with the audience and that other characters kind of getting her leg. Snapped yeah, and I, and, I had forgotten how many times we set up like a uh, like a new Lois Lane, like investigative like reporter within sure. the dance squad here where and it's like. It's like the first one is Chloe Grace Moretz, um, who you know we were talking about before we really got into it. As far as just like almost like speaking craziness, like she's uh, she's like gone full Alex Jones about these witches, and she's kept like a diary, and they're involved <laughs> a in a terrorist <laughs> plot, which is is it's fair. And I, actually, the sure. one thing I appreciate about the film is that her uh, the therapist that she's seeing doesn't believe any of that nonsense but he does believe like well okay maybe these this school or whatever is abusing these women to the point that they're believing in this insanity of witchcraft i, I like that i like that at least right. there is that sort of believe women element to the film that i did appreciate uh of course you believe women and if you do it's other women attacking them exactly, and using exactly. Them. <laughs> and it's this old white male therapist that uh <laughs> That's on a fact-finding mission because all the other women they just keep dying, right? Yeah. Uh, but but through it all, at least to a certain point, he he's able to to kind of stick it out and to to be around the perimeter of what's going on. Um, and so we all, even though I, I find him to be not well, a fairly useless character, um, we do see a lot from his vantage point. Um, being the man in this in this film that's kind of just uh, searching for for answers and searching for truth with uh, with what's really going on there. I don't know if it's I don't know how necessary it is, but um, but he does play that role in this feminist piece um, that, you know, again, and I know not to get too far off from here, but when you compare it to what a lot of other individuals compare uh, consider a feminist film like The Descent, um, that's something that that uh, I think is a more appropriate uh, kind of discussion than with some of the elements of, of this film. Um it, it just again, it just doesn't stick with me in that manner. It's also a lot more entertaining too uh, than this one. Uh, yeah. Um, <clears> so <throat> uh, I, I think the only the only breakup I could come up with um, mm -hmm. because it doesn't necessarily go the way I guess you think it would, even having seen the original, where um, our lead character uh, played by Dakota Johnson, the the girl from Ohio, Susie, uh, who is now sort of tapped to be like the new star protege. Um, right. she starts to say like, Hey, there's something kind of curious. Like, cause like people she's friends with, like, you know, the roommate that she has there, like she, first off, it, I think the, the first girl to go is the one that she replaces. I think like on her first I, day, she's just so. sitting there and the girl stops and says, I've had enough of this shit <laughs> basically is, I guess without putting too like find a point on it, uh, is accusing these teachers of like, totally controlling her body like she feels like she's losing control of herself and right. is uncomfortable with it as you would imagine um so for me the breakup is that i think the tilda swinton character uh madame blanc i think is the one we're we're talking about right um the breakup is when she realizes that Susie's becoming aware of it and doesn't give a fuck like that's the thing where it kind of freaks her out. Like, wait a minute. Like, I know what we're doing here is we're going to use your form. You're going to become a shell, a husk for another host. Exactly. And you seem kind of cool with all this shit. And that's what kind of scares her. 
It's almost like, you know, in, you know I think the basic premise of, of this show we've talked about before is uh, just applying some of the, the elements of a film to just real world realities. It's, it's similar to that, uh, you know, someone being all in on the relationship um, and then the other individual like pulling back the, like the moment that someone else is kind of OK with the crazy shit that, that's going on. Well, like that, the that moment was- that gonna be my question to you like yeah. i always like to have the embarrassing question on the show is <laughs> oh, great. <laughs> we usually say this for the end for. but i don't think in this case the grand gesture can really apply <laughs> to our personal lives well not to my experiences but i don't know about you it's certainly i think the grand gesture is the easiest part of discussing this film with a three-act rom-com structure <laughs> but the breakup is what i was interested in because can you think of a moment in your life where there's been something where the relationship's gone on far enough where you've been exposed in a way uh, or, you know, you, the negative side, or maybe it doesn't have to be like that. You're, you know, about, you're totally fine with your soul being repossessed, right. sure. but something that you're like, okay, I, I understand if someone's put off by this and they're not. <laughs> and then that makes you question your choice and partner. Like, wait a minute, why are they cool with this? Why are they it- going along with my bullshit? It, I think that's exactly, and, I, and you said it much better than uh, than you know, I think I was trying to kind of allude to. But it's it would be like two uh, completely different individuals that were in a relationship, and kind of similar to the other film that we uh, watched. Uh, but um, one individual like wanting to to get that other person to maybe live a little bit more, or to experience new things, or to let their guard down. And so then when you finally get that individual to make those changes or to live a little or to go a little crazy, it's too far for you. Or it's like, oh, wait, no, that that's not what I don't know. No, that's not what I actually meant. I, I never mind. I need you to be straight laced again. Um, kind of like Tilda Swinton, you know, all of this was uh, a mystery and all of this was uh, supposed to be something that uh, Susie Banyan wasn't privy to. And then Susie wakes up and is like, yeah, yeah, let's do this thing. <laughs> She's like, no. I've been controlling your dreams and, and sort of infecting your mind with nightmares. And you seem kind of turned on by it. <laughs> so much so. So it actually was an element of the film I really liked. The, you know, the, the main threat, the, the woman mm-hmm. who seems to be in control is starting to lose control to this person that you think is being taken advantage of, but she's down. That's why I also had problems with <laughs> sort of the feminist ideas of it, because the Chloe Grace Moretz character, I think in the opening scene says like, you know, I was, I was asked to like give myself up like fully. And I was, I thought I was like cool with it. I don't know. Right. I'm paraphrasing, but she basically was like, I, I thought I could make that sacrifice for them. And then when it, you know, it was actually happening, I was, I was deeply troubled and uncomfortable, which that plays into all sorts of, power dynamics now with you know exactly. uh, consenting and you know any sort of like sexual relationship so of course as the dude i'm gonna be like i liked when you found a wild one that was, <laughs> was all about it yeah, this one. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but but yeah you, uh, you're touching on exactly where my mind was kind of going with that that but from, I guess, maybe the, even the other perspective, maybe that is somewhat of a feminist pers- uh, kind of uh, uh, concept when we're taking a look at uh, Dakota Johnson's character being a woman, being exploited, and, and some of those discussions, um, you know, but maybe she's actually not the one that's being victimized. 
Um, and we make that assumption in, in our society from the vantage point of men when women enter into sexual relationships at a, at a, you know, as a teenager with an elder guy. Let's say I'm a, a dad of a, of a daughter. Well, I don't want her to go and out with him. Because what of what he'll do to her, right, right, um, and I make that decision about protecting my daughter, um, and not having any moment of of perspective that maybe she goes into some of these relationships or these dynamics by choice. Maybe she's the one that's putting the moves on little Johnny. Um, that's far <laughs> beyond my scope. Yeah, Johnny. Um, that's far <laughs> beyond my scope of of being able to understand and, and interpret because we view women uh, as as being something that we must protect that that are so fragile. And um, Dakota uh, Johnson's character is 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 kind of set up like that. A, a certain level of fragility when she arrives, um, and uh, you know growth. But we think throughout the entire film that, that that growth is being manipulated and contorted and mutated, very similarly to some of the the, the young women that that die. But the reality is that, that that she's really the one that's the the puppeteer, and we're just not we're we're just not clued into that. Very similarly to most men, we we don't have that insider's track that that she doesn't have to be the one that's being exploited in the film. So, uh, maybe that was their their hmm. concept. I, I don't know. Yeah, because certainly with the the dance elements of the, of the film, which I mean, I think that's <laughs> it's going to work for you or not. And I, I think I I made a decision early <laughs> on. This this doesn't work for me. Like I can't like the way <laughs> you know <laughs> the way it's shot. I, I mentioned earlier that the in the meet cute we we as soon as we get to like all right this is what we've been building towards we cut away and the the way they cut in and out of the dance you know you don't have like a long um you know someone say like a la la land a recent film where it's like it embraces the glory of like old hollywood as far as like let's right. stay in the moment for as long as possible the one i was thinking of uh which was more direct comparison for me was whiplash as far as that mentor student thing as far as i'm going to like try to sure. break you down um here, like to what you're saying, like the Susie character, we're supposed to read her as when she, you know, with the dance being part of the ritual and these, this just being like a school for dance, we're thinking they're like, oh, these poor girls, <laughs> they don't sure. like do these steps. And then the, the old hags off to the side, they're the ones <laughs> that are like, you know, <laughs> they're, they're, they're really gleeful because they know that some other poor girls being tortured through dance. Exactly. It's, a goofy, it's a goofy concept, but I, I really like that Dakota Johnson is like into it and it's her coach. It's like, let's, why don't you take a break? Or like, why don't you, <laughs> you know, like <laughs> maybe you're learning a little too fast uh, for me and I, I'm not totally cool with it. There's a, like a weird thing later with like the second girl who starts to investigate where um, they do, you know, the, the, the old witches yet again uh, harm her and then send her back out there. But it seems like like Susie like takes control of the situation somehow. Like, it yeah. I I, I couldn't again. This is something that I I just had to look up because I, I really didn't understand kind of uh, who was in control of that mm -hmm. girl. Um, and even some of the the dialogue that they had right after that. Uh, still, I, I didn't know if she had bumped into her. I didn't know if she had switched up her dance. I yeah, you know, eh, whatever. But it, it, and it to be fair to you. It's not yeah. like this particular style of dancing is hard to know when there's an unchoreographed moment. <laughs> <laughs> like I don't know if they've hit their mark or not. You just gotta feel the rhythm, man. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> feel the beat. 
Uh, yeah, it, you you kind of don't know what's what's really going what's really going on there, but it it really I think uh, highlights the fact that to them their bodies really meant nothing. They were just vessels to 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 create the movements or to give part of their self to an, uh, another old 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 witch. I don't really know. One that's hanging uh, out underneath the floorboards, touching. Jesus, <laughs> There's your sexual moment, touching the floorboard. Good Lord, that was. Um, <laughs> I've never. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, that was. <laughs> <laughs> See, now you're gonna have to correct yourself because just the being someone who's edited far too many of these things, the way you left that. If I'm the listener, I'm thinking like he might go back and watch that scene again. Like it sounds like. Oh yeah. Oh, gross. Um, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> there we go. Yeah, that was that. That really threw me off. Um, but I. It, it does kind of treat it like when when you're talking about a, a mentor and a mentee um, or a coach and, and an athlete of, well, get out there. We, we still have uh, another play to make. I don't care if you're concussed. Um, you'll be fine um, that they do kind of play with that idea. However, you, you again, you have Susie Banyan who is able to co-opt or, or kind of take over that control. Um, and it's another moment where it, it, it makes them uncomfortable. And you, you got to think that you know, this could have went in a different direction. They could have, uh, you know, the, I guess the, the witches in the coven, they really could have embraced the, the power that they sensed in her. Um, but instead there's, there's fear, there's anxieties uh, about it. Um, there's, uh, you know, maybe they have so many questions that, that they just don't have answers to, or the, the idea that there's someone else that could come in and, and take that away from them, um, is, is really what, um, you know, causes a lot of shifts in, in how the movie plays out after that. So, yeah, I think that leads us to our, our grand gesture because there's, there's been this power struggle between, uh, Marcos and the Tilda Swinton character, um, there's been a vote, which is, you know, another long sort of kind of boring stretch of the film where they're <laughs> the witches are eating dinner. Uh the only the only bit of hijinks I enjoyed was when I guess they were playing a prank on the cops that come to investigate and they were now there's your your testicle moment where I did think something I did think a nutsack was about to be stripped and put in the waste basket. I was expecting it. The hands were getting rubbed. That was the Spoiler excitement. alert though, they 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 don't. Like I don't get them. I don't <laughs> It leaves you really questioning things because and obviously it you know my my understanding of it changed with the the climax of the film, but in the moment when um Susie when Dakota Johnson's character uh is kind of peering through those books and she sees what's going on um, and uh, she's like kind of okay with it. Oh, she's like uh, chuckling. Like, mm, yeah, yeah. I remember yeah. those days. <laughs> <laughs> I used to do that back in Ohio <laughs> all the time. <laughs> that should have clued you in, uh, you know, or that should have clued me in that, that, you know, something was really going to change and shift with her character and said, I was just like, man, she really, really wants to be at this dance. <laughs> she's going to let a lot of shit go. <laughs> Holding ball sacks that, in the palm of one's hand. And that seems whatever. strange, but by God, I have to get my part down. Anyway, I just need to focus on my steps. Yeah, yeah that that one that one really really threw me off. But yeah, you were you were talking about the the vote leading up to uh, you know the the the, the major the major I guess uh, presenting scene at the end. So I mean, it it comes to a head where um, like Chloe Grace Moretz before Dakota Johnson's character has been basically prepared for this ritual where. I'm guessing her uh, soul will be removed and her her body will be uh, controlled by this this older 
uh, which and you know they 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 play with the idea, which I guess is a little bit different. We see a lot of like uh, daddy issue movies, you know, father son things, and right. this one is uh, very much emphasizing like you know let go of your previous mother, and you know that's there there can only be one. Uh, which uh, let me tell you, that's uh, apparently not the thing you say to Dakota Johnson. You don't say that to a Buckeye because <laughs> you ask her to, <laughs> you know, it's swear to a, swear to a new mother. <laughs> Those are fighting words. <laughs> you know, death incarnate is going to rise from the crypt. And I get uh, it though. My mother would be mad if I swore to another mother. So yeah, yeah, it's totally pissed. Uh, made me think. Did you did you ever see Coraline, the kids like anime I did movie? Not. No, that, that's a better other mother movie than this. I would check that <laughs> I out. I check that yeah. out. Maybe um, you can recommend that one instead. <laughs> I don't know if it works for the grand gesture because the main <laughs> character actually is a child. So we, we probably couldn't get into that. But, um, but you know, not, you know, real quickly, you, you do touch on another element that we, again, with what we've kind of been talking about with feminists and, and all that kind of stuff, the feminist uh, elements of the film how many films have we seen in which the tribute or the sacrifice is a woman? And that's kind of how they, they go through with the process, unless she is saved uh, by a strapping young gent. And that is the 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 swerve that they, they kind of throw your way um, of, you know, no, she's she's her body is not just going to be utilized. So a, a little bit of you know, feminist perspective, but also that generational component of the the old haggard witch, uh, you know, just sucking the youth. Right. So those basic ideas are kind of, I guess, flipped on their head a little bit. And eh, from that perspective, that plays well, I guess. Um, I just it, it didn't uh, it, it, it didn't manifest in the way that I would have wanted necessarily. <laughs> Yeah, so what what happens? Because um, I, I don't know how much of like clips some of you'll find on YouTube, and even if I could find them, if it's going to distill exactly what the fuck's going on without the visual, I have no idea with what's being said. I, I do think that the uh, <laughs> the unfortunately nude ancient witch that needs a new body <laughs> did remind me of like the, you know the you always hear about those nude beaches where it's like the people that attend are not the ones you want to, to, to be on. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, well, why is this, why is this character like, you know, Tilda Swinton at least has a, you know, a nice, what, like red cloak thing. She's got yeah, on. Exactly. Yeah, she's she, draped. Yeah. She's like, she's, you know, she's dressed to impress at this party. And I, I understand the rest of them are naked, I guess, because when it comes to chanting and dancing, I, I think that's, Rent your clothes. I, I, yeah, I guess that's part of it. I've seen Eyes Wide Shut. I know how these things work. So there you go. There's a, there's a film for this. I for I this want show. to do that for Grand Gesture for this year's Christmas episode. I want that to. And I'm. It's my my favorite Christmas movie. You could, so. Yeah, angle that way for sure. Um, so Tilda Swinton is the one that's like, you know, her. She kind of finally expresses her feelings. I, it's it's sort of couched, uh, I think, by her rival here. Uh, since you know they have had a little vote for you know the city council of witches here, that uh, she was runner up. So it's seen as you know her hesitance to go through with this is like oh it's because it's not serving you. And I did like there's a line um, that this is not about vanity. And of course right. <laughs> I don't know if it's a convincing line because as I said she's old and decrepit and she's all over the place. And I'm thinking that, that's yeah. the second time. That's the second time they mentioned vanity as <laughs> yeah. well, because they say it there. But but I think also when Tilda Swinton had asked Dakota Johnson 
when she had went through an exercise related to uh, one of her dances that she had put together, uh, she said, how does it feel to to dance the dance in front of the, the person who created it? Um, this might be about vanity, but so be it. But then she goes back here and says, no, this is not an issue of vanity in, in this regard. It's much larger than that in context. I mean, if you're in that particular body, it's about a lot of things. I mean, you're, it's about just being mobile. It's about just being it's able to get to the, clothes. just be able to get to the fucking store, you know, and that's <laughs> with some degree of comfort and not. Thank God every, I can go to Coles now. <laughs> Do you know how, how improved the film would be if that was a line that was dropped? <laughs> That'd be incredible. I, I can go to Coles. I'll, I will be in Hamburg now. Lexington. Yeah, not not what's going on in the the Cold War there, and uh, but I, I think that as much as I can glean from the movie that I like, it's this argument that it's not about Vandy, but in a way it is because it's about maintaining power, and that you have no faith in future generations to move forward. And I, I think that's the only thing I like about being set in 1977, which I believe is also that's when the original film was set, which is I mean, right. it's kind of be a little cute, but. Um, since it is set during that particular political time, we, if we want to think too much about it, we know where in particular that city has come. Like if they just wait around for another 15 years and it's going to be dramatically different with the fall sure. of the wall. Sure. But it's this, the people who are in power need to maintain power to see things through, but they, they take no credit for getting us to where we are in the first place. Like all the bad things are like, well, if I, if I can just stick around, I can plant the seed or I can be a part of changing things, but I'm not, I'm right. not responsible for us getting here. Exactly. It's, um, it's, it's an ends justifying a, a means, I guess you could say. And, and they, so they kind of just, like I said, they gloss over, um, the, all, all the horrible stuff that they, that they do. And there's a and, ton of it <laughs> just in the span yeah. of two and a half hours. <laughs> oh, that's another problem. But, um, yeah, that, that's kind of the idea. It's, it, but again, when you're talking about the, um, their perspective and perception of rightness and wrongness, it is, uh, mutated. Um, and so they, they view that, um, at least uh, my understanding of it, they viewed what they were doing, uh, has a, has a purpose and an approach. And like I said, there's a lack of faith in um, other generations moving forward to be able to to correct those those necessary changes that need to be made um, so that they need to take that on um, they need you know they are burdened they are burdened witches um, with with having to deal with this <laughs> and not be able to go to Coles and use those gift cards that they presumably exactly. get <laughs> little, little well, do they know there's a Coles everywhere could have it, just it left the school made me think a lot of the people I remember this uh time with uh, which it's hard to think back to like pre-trump era like when living under george w bush we're like god it's never gonna get fucking worse than this and <laughs> <laughs> that's depressing but i also remember equally depressing that i would talk to people that were totally opposed to the iraq war mm -hmm. but they were also totally opposed to voting for anyone other than bush and the the logic the skewed logic was well i'd rather just you know vote for the guy that got us there even though i don't agree with us being over there um right. i you know i don't want to interrupt him like you know he'll he'll get us out like why why should we change because that'll just be too disruptive and i'm like disruptive to something that is you already deem terrible like that's it, when you need yeah. the disruption 
if, if nothing else, it's a complete and utter contradiction. Um, and I think it's uh, willful ignorance. And when you think about it from that perspective, even applying it to the film, the fact that you have a coven of witches that have so much power um, and so much ability um, uh, are in some way ignorant to the fact that Mother Suspirium is among them the entire time. Um, they somehow lose sight of the, the bigger picture because, again, when I, that's kind of why I mentioned infighting earlier. They're kind of getting lost in the who, who runs this shit right now. That's kind of what they're doing. Mm -hmm. And they don't get that she is sitting there, um, um, you know, amongst them the entire time. Um, they have that ignorance to 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 her reality, and you would kind of assume that they would know that even early, early on in the film. That kind of happens to people in a general sense. They they get caught up in what's going on in the moment um, and lose sight of bigger picture kind of stuff. Um, kind of like what you were talking about with folks around in 2004. Um, yeah, but she'll get us through. I thank can God. only assume that those same people uh, also. Uh, use the logic that we need an outsider with Trump. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, uh, all right. So pretty horrific uh, outside of this film as well. <laughs> real life. I bet you're glad that I'm like, hey, Derek, spend an afternoon <laughs> with Suspiria. <laughs> well, when you compare the two, and I'm thinking about the reality of, of in a sociopolitical kind of perspective versus this film, I'd take take me to Germany. <laughs> <laughs> You learn to dance, or you'll be fine oh. with someone like just poking at your testicles. You know, well, well yeah, nothing actually I'll, happens I'll, in that scene. It's just exactly. a laugh. That's it. It's just I can handle, I can handle the the scorn as long as I I'll don't... dance my ass off in Germany. <laughs> it's fun. So do you uh, do you like to, to sort of finish up the three X? Do you like the that Tilda Swinton attempts to stop it? Because I when I'm watching the scene, even though she says something doesn't feel right. Right. I can't. I, I honestly can't tell if she knows for a fact that Dakota Johnson is not who she she says she is, or if she has developed some sort of bond that at least she she does want to spare her. Because she says, like you know, if you're not totally invested in this, I right. what does she say? I can basically I can wipe her. She can do the Men in Black thing. She can wipe her memory, and that is not offered to like. And she plays a big part in dismembering the other girls that is, is like when they say i'm done with this like even damn chloe grace moretz gets out and they still find her and turn her into sure. swamp thing so i have to believe that there's some some genuine connection with dakota johnson that is not there with the other girls i think so because i th think the alternative is that we would maybe be suggesting that she's uh using as a manipulation tactic to make sure that um uh What's the the old the old haggard witch doesn't get that youthful shift and change and and from that sacrifice? I don't think it's about that. I don't think it's uh, in that moment. I don't think it's about their their internal conflict and power struggle. Um, so if that's not the case, then it would lead me to think that it is that uh, legitimate, real care and concern that she has for Susie Banyan's character um, for whatever reason. And you see that kind of throughout the film that that connection that exists there, but you you still really don't know if if it's just about many population um but in that moment when she's like yeah i'll wipe this all away um and you don't have to go through with this well 
kind of find that one hard to believe when you're 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 a full thing going on with uh, all your naked women dancing around and things of that nature i don't know if it's just like a gentleman's or a gentlewoman's agreement uh to to just kind of like all right well we'll see you later are you saying the the pressure is far too great when you bring out the whole crew to dance naked (laughs) you've got quite the production you've got the poor therapist laying on the ground also nude I, i didn't get that i didn't really understand why but yeah, that that's but that is kind of what uh, uh, yeah. So I don't really know if um, if Susie Banya had been like, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of gonna I'm gonna opt out of this one. <laughs> Everyone would just stop dancing. Like, want to go to Coles? I don't <laughs> think that's gonna happen. Um, however, you know that dialogue specifically that they have between the two of them, I think, does highlight this transcendent relationship that has somehow been uh, established, probably because this is um, uh, Mother Suspirium or whatever. That's probably why that connection ha- has occurred on that level. Um, or you maybe know, she it, just wants it, change. Maybe, maybe she doesn't even know what that change is. Maybe she's the Trump voter, where she just wants an outsider to come in. <laughs> I didn't mean to turn you against I mean, the Swinton character. Did but... you see my face? <laughs> well, if this was a video podcast... Then... <laughs> They would also think that we are the weirdest pair from Kentucky to be like discussing (laughs) Suspiria on a Friday night. (laughs) Well, they would probably be having us or expecting us to look at it from a different slant where we're talking about uh, Trump, I guess. Um, Yeah, our coastal Dave isn't here to to have the liberal slant. So these two Mm. conservatives. That's the thing. That's why Dave can't be on this episode. They're like, well, of course, he'd be talking about Suspiria. (laughs) Thank God I came in and added a Coles in that dance studio. That's amazing. Dave would have to look up what a Coles is. <laughs> oh, that's for poor people. <laughs> See, I keep referencing that. I mean, we have to go out of our way to get to one of those. <laughs> I had a it's subtitle a- in mind earlier for this. And now I'm wondering if I should just scrap it and just <laughs> with Derek Stewart presented by Coles. Just... <laughs> I don't think I've ever name dropped something so much. So um, yeah, it's pretty important to me. But uh... look, I don't want to. Uh, you know, if, if you listen this far, uh, I hope you've enjoyed yourself. But I have to admit, of course, this is a stretch for the the grand gesture. Um, I do wish that like. I guess if I had, uh, you know, found a chick to talk about this, that would have been nice because we are we have sort of circled around like, well, the interesting stuff is all about consent here and like where, sure. what you're comfortable with. Uh, on the other hand, though, it's 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 a pretty fucking stupid at times horror movie too, and that's I think that's my problem when the like I love genre filmmaking, but I also like I don't know if you get like uncomfortable like me and i'm not uncomfortable like i feel like like it's that gillette commercial that everyone's going nuts about like how dare a razor company lecture me not that but i i always feel like the genre filmmaking that i gravitate towards they stay really pulpy and within their genre and there's other stuff you can take from it right but this one are you saying that uh, i guess are you are and I don't mean to, I guess, misrepresent your idea here, but you're saying that, you know, most, when you get into that genre film, you want the genre. Um, and it's okay if there's secondary elements yes. from that that you take, but if there's this overarching idea that you feel is 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 being kind of, uh, I guess, fleshed out more than even the actual genre itself, it kind of leaves you questioning what you watched, maybe? It questions or, my, uh, the to me, the filmmaker's commitment to those ideas or, or the sure. commitment to genre filmmaking where they feel like, well, 
I, yeah, I can do that, but it's still, yeah, right. it's a little beneath me. Like, to me, the classic example would be something like Taxi Driver, which I think is now is elevated to high stature. Yeah. But I don't watch Taxi Driver to be like, all right, I need to see, a, I need to see this film, how they handle PTSD. Like, you know what I sure. mean? Like, that it never s- steps outside of itself and is like, okay, this character. It, no, you're just totally, you're just watching this guy and you're in his world and you don't have right. another character stop and be like, what's actually going on here. And I do think at times this film kind of suffers from that. And it's mainly with having the therapist characters, as you said, as an outside observer, it's like, he has to stop the festivities to point out to the audience. Here's how this connects to the real world. Right. And well, and I, I think when you're talking about such fantastical elements, he is really the, the, the individual that, well, let me put it like this, the fantastic elements that take place within the school. He's the one person that we see in this film who doesn't exist in that school, but has those connected dots. So I, I don't know if they're wanting us to take on his viewpoint as our own, or that's, that's that connection that we are able to have with the film. Um, but it, it is one that you, you know, that's kind of the, the ongoing discussion with horror films, or it used to be at least is how do you take this property and present a horror film, uh, as a horror film, um, and have it be respectable. And so then you have a lot of directors that come in and will, and will give the, well, I'm going to add all this nuance. I'm going to add all of this, um, this weight to the film, which is what they try to do with this, um, and make it be transcendent of horror, um, it's sometimes in, in greater hands that works. Um, I don't know if that works at any point in this film. Yeah. I just, you know, I have I know. to just wash my hands. I like if, if I'm the Susie Bannon character in the film, give me a moment to where like, Mike, are you comfortable with this? Do you need to tap out? I think I'd, t- I'd take that. I probably am like, yeah, yeah, probably. Like this. Is- so what you're telling me is that you can really only connect to this film if it had an all male cast in the, <laughs> the next remake. I get it. That I makes sense. Yeah. honestly, um, I I could have stood for some more uh, bros in this this movie. Like <laughs> I actually think that maybe the remake that I'd be more more interested in is if it was like Magic Mike in the world Suspiria. If they if it was <laughs> if, it, this. if it was like a bunch of dudes. Like with that, you know, that sort of toxic masculinity concepts and sorry, throughout the very topical Gillette ad that people will sure. they'll have forgotten a week from now. They'll no longer be outraged by it and no one will give a shit. But that that desire and that need to like like a movie I loved was Everybody Wants Some. And it's not that extreme. But there are right. elements of that where if you get a bunch of guys together, they're gonna feel the need to dominate one another to see which one is the best at. And the film is very clear that what they're trying to be the best at is shit that most people would not care about. Like it's anything right. it's, you know, like arm wrestling or whatever, it's or my, exactly. slapping each other's knuckles, any of that stuff that, you know, a week, like the Gillette ad a week from now, you're not going to give a shit. And if you tried to explain to someone, I'm, I'm the best at that. They're going to look at you like you have two heads. Exactly. Um, Anytime you explain those things outside of that context yeah. of that moment when there's overarching well, amounts of testosterone. <laughs> even me trying to explain that movie, I bet people are like, why the fuck do you like that movie that much? Like, <laughs> <laughs> why do you want to spend time with it? <laughs> and I think there's there's a kernel of that here. But I, I like what you said. I think this movie is just better served. If we just stayed in the school, if it just if you mm-hmm. just if you just felt like that is the only world, I think you're more pot committed to like the Susie character to the dance, to seeing it all through. If we don't take right. breaks to go outside of it, 
Like, correct me if I'm wrong. Doesn't the original just start with? I thought she just shows up. Doesn't she just show up? She. I think it. I, I can't. I can't remember if it starts with that with the first girl dying, um, or if it starts with Susie Banyan in the taxi. Yeah. But it's one or the other. There. I mean, that's pretty pretty close. But if you look at what you're kind of, I, I guess your overarching criticism uh, being that there are too many elements that remove us, either extra additions to the plot. Um, if it's seeing all this stuff going on outside of the actual school, um, that that uh, you know kind of disallows us from having those connections that would would be deemed as necessary. That's a, a thematic issue throughout. When you really look at it, that goes back to the the issue with the contorted body um, jumping back and forth between that and seeing them dance. Really, I'm disconnected from both of those moments. That's what ends up happening. Um, so there's it's a it's a lack of commitment to allowing us to be claustrophobic with the moment. Um, you know, if we were able to just be stuck in this school, um, kind of throughout, I think it would, it would be better served and we would really be able to see those relationships, uh, kind of develop a little bit more and including the one between Madame LeBlanc or Madame LeBlanc, Madame, uh, Blanc and Susie Banyan. You, I think you would really be able to take that in better. Yeah. I'm trying to think uh, if I can apply it to real life, like if there's been <laughs> anything in my life that I've been, that I've gone that many steps, you know, to the point where I have um, an all-new dance team in front of me, <laughs> and Jabba and Salacious Crumb to my right, and then you know, this person that I've developed a you're bond with. You're basically describing your friends. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay, so you're saying there'd be many scenarios where I've walked in and been like, hmm, not for me. Uh, but I'm struggling to think of something, obviously, on that scale to where I've, I've then had that chance to back out, but I've felt like, I felt like I've come along too far. I don't know. I don't, do you have something like that? I'm, I'm trying to think. I, I, yeah, I, I think from that perspective, that's something we've probably all experienced um, at some juncture. If we go kind of from the, from the scope of um, maybe thinking something appeared as though it was going to be enjoyable um, or that it was going to create some sort of positive uh, emotion um, or outcome for us. Um, but then we pull ourselves to a certain extent into it or we are invited into it um, and we realize this may be more than we've signed up for. Now, with, with uh, Susie, uh, again, that I don't know if she ever really had that point where she was like, I don't know if I can do this. That was what happened with some of the other girls. For her, it was always uh, – she always really seemed to buy in to a lot of what was going on. Um, and I'm trying to think if I've ever really – continued to buy into maybe a, an experience in my life that that I would know that other people wouldn't continue to be invested in that or that other people would have turned around um, at previous junctures, but I'm still kind of in it and enjoying it. Um, I don't know. You're I right. Know. I did think of one uh, with our, um, our many drunken escapades <laughs> to bars and whatnot. Uh, you weren't listening to what I was saying. You were just, you were just reflecting well, no, cause, on No, uh, because to up. what you were saying, I'm like, okay, well, if I'm putting myself purely in the Susie position, she still had some degree of power. Like, we don't know that. But by the end of the film, you know that that's probably why. Because she's, she's mm -hmm. like, I can't, I can, not only can I fucking stop this, but I'm, I'm going to flip everything to where I'm totally in control. So the only thing I could think of was, like, if I was the dd if i was sober and there have there were a couple times where when you can stand outside of drunken shenanigans there is yeah. that like this is miserable and i know you i know you agree with me this is miserable dealing with drunk assholes normally people right. that if i'm one of the drunk assholes this would be it's a blast perfect. okay yeah but there's also comfort <laughs> in that secret power that 
I now control, at least for this, this like six hour period, I control their lives where if I want this to stop, they pretty much have to listen to me because they can't function without me. That is true. Yeah. And so you know what? Susie That's also is the only, too. she's the sober eyes yeah. on it. Man. Hmm, damn. I like that. Um, I, when you think of it like that, I, I, I absolutely agree. She, again, it goes back to when we were talking about this, everyone being ignorant to what was going on with the exception of her, everyone has the drunk goggles on, um, but her. Um, and so they don't know that they're relying on her to get through. Um, they don't know that, that, uh, without her, none of this functions in the same way that your drunk, silly, stupid asshole friends, um, don't really know or have a certain, uh, sense of reverence or respect for your ability to get them from the bar to the house that, you know, when you're in the car with them and they're uh, still saying, Oh, let's go to KFC or let's go to Wendy's or let's go to, to wherever uh, let's go to steak and shake. Um, or you have and, one of them was, that always insists on paying for everything and then bitches the next day. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to my co-host on sober cinema, the nasty Hellcat, the, t- the, t- the Tilda Swinton. Um, <laughs> I thought you just called him the tit for a second. <laughs> no, don't put that on me. He'll be mad at, for, at me for a week. Um, but yeah, you, you do have those those friends that don't have a respect for that. Because again, they're caught in the moment. They, 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 they aren't thinking straight. They're blinded by what's going on. And you know that if you swerve off the road, everybody's dead. Right. You, you, I mean, you know that if you <laughs> are right. you've not entertained those thoughts when you've been DD that a flick of my wrist and I could kill everyone. <laughs> <laughs> a flick of my Well, I mean, with great power. Um, I know what I can do. Uh, you know, there, I'm sure there's a moment where Dakota Johnson's character was thinking, you know what? I just kill all you guys. Well, right I mean, now. it is a literal flick of her wrist or any body movement, and God knows yep. what she can do to someone else. So. I don't know. This was a this was a hard one for the grand gesture, but I think I think we it's been an hour, and I think we got as much as we can. I, I doubt we accomplished convincing like, hey, watch this with your wife or husband and have a nice date night. <laughs> well, I hope not. Um, I hope we or no, I guess I hope so. I hope we've talked you out of doing. Something I think like we that. did That's the probably... responsible thing by saying no. It is it is not that. But exactly. Well, we looked with sober eyes. There you go. Bringing it back. Oh, there we go. That's, that's professional. That's how you do it on a podcast. <laughs> See? Nice. <laughs> <laughs> the last part, not so much. <laughs> the yeah, creepy no. nice. <laughs> 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 All right. That's it. That's good. Well, I, I normally can I can add this. I don't know if you want. Do you want people to be able to contact you on social media at all after this? It, I guess it doesn't matter. Yeah, it, yeah, whatever. Sure. Don't say it doesn't matter because you don't know what you're opening the door to. I guess I, guess I have when I look at something like like my Twitter. I I don't have really anybody that follows me anyway, so I'm kind of like, yeah. and I know that 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 creates that possibility where you're gonna get messages from all kinds of weird ass fucking people. But um, so yeah, sure. I don't care. Yeah, I'll just say it's that's the only social media that I ever use anyway. Days too, so. I don't know if we're, we're not recording, right? Yeah, See, recording. that's what. Never mind. That's always the bad thing. I listen to enough of your episodes where someone goes, "Oh yeah, scrub that, scrub that." No, no, even that shit. Jesus. I actually did that the other the other day. I was recording with Andrew, and he's like, "Please cut this out." And then he went on for like ten more minutes. 
and the way he saved himself was he made it so lengthy that I didn't want to sit through and edit. So I was like, I looked at the time left. I'm like, whatever it was, I don't need to embarrass him because it's just more of my time. So when he said cut this, <laughs> there it went. So you just have to make it lengthy. But if you have a momentary slip up, it stays out. Yeah. So I'll just, yeah, just talk forever. There we go. <laughs> and you can follow this show on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook at Grand Gesture Pod. I, I had trouble with that one as far as just being able to connect the, the theme of your show. Because uh, I was watching it and I was like, uh, I guess we're going with the, the, the uh, you know Dakota Johnson and, and um, Tilda Swinton. And so then I start thinking, well, are we getting these? I kept expecting more forced or contrived lesbian under, you know, kind of stuff going Which on. Which I like that they didn't. I'm glad they didn't. Yeah, that would have it would have already taken an experience I didn't necessarily enjoy and really just you know, threw it in the shitter for me because it would have added all these other elements that that they would have tried to force and pigeonhole into this film. So I'm glad we got to the drunk goggles thing there. I can make that something yeah. responsible there. Exactly.